Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Craft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Created for good works, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I open up my mind to receive the Word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Come on, let's lift up our hands, say this with me. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name, amen. Briscoe, would you give McKinney a big hand? Thank you guys for being with us. We love you, love you, love you. Greet somebody around you, say hi, tell them they look good, and you can be seated. Thank you so much. It's launch weekend, everybody, but it's not just about Elevate Life Church launching. It's about God launching something new in your life. I just, I speak over you and I've been speaking this, but it's not just time time for us to go forward, but in the name of Jesus, God's going to launch some things in 2018 in you like you've never seen before in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you're here. Honored that you're here. And, um, I want to talk to you about some words Jesus spoke. How many of you know it's good to preach what Jesus said? And Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And that's what I want to talk about. You know, when I think about launch, I think about this. That your life is one or, one or the other. <laughs> it kind of looks pretty, you know, on the other side. We call that drama. It's a lot of drama going around in circles. But then God has a trajectory for you that he's wanting to take you places you've never been before. How many of you want to be the picture on the left and not the picture on the right? Amen. So uh, let's take a look at the elevated or big thought for this message. And if you don't have notes, that's with the people in the aisles. They have notes for you. They'll be glad to give you the notes. And again, I want to say while we're passing those notes out. Uh, thanks to the mayor of McKinney, George Fuller, George and Maylee for being there. Thank you so much for being a part of us. It's awesome. The elevated big thought is God is calling you to go where you've never gone so that you can see what you've never seen and can be who you've never been. So one more time, God is calling you to go where you've never gone so you can see what you've never seen and be what you've never been. Why? So that you can do what you've never done. How do you know God's got great things in store for you? He's got a great future for your life. Um, I've always considered myself an athlete, and the older I get, I'm holding on to that. I'm, I'm going to keep working out. I'm going to keep believing that my body can do it. I like Dr. J. I, I like his philosophy. He dunks a basketball every birthday. So I'm going to keep doing that myself and uh, just keep on keeping on. But I love, I love sport analogies. And when I think about Wayne Gretzky, who was arguably the greatest hockey player of all time, he said, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not to where it's been. And sometimes our life, uh, not only do we seem like we're on ice skates, how many of you ever been ice skating? It's a different experience. I was a pretty good roller skater, but I cannot ice skate worth a flip. And, uh, but, you know, we, we, it's like we're on ice on little blades. And, you know, when you think about hockey, and some of you aren't familiar with that game, but when you think about it, most people, their life is not the way Wayne Gretzky's talking about it. 
they're not going to where the puck is going to be or where they perceive the puck to be, but they're just, they're just going through life and, and living lives of reaction, and they're actually getting pucked. I'll just stop with that. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. If you want to launch big ships, you have to go where the water is deep. God wants you to have a big life. He wants you to have a great life. And the fact is, is that when Jesus said launch out into the deep, there was a whole lot with what he was saying. Before I get into Luke, the fifth chapter, where we're going to be reading today, uh, I came across a story about a launch of the Pioneer 10. It was actually in 1972. Very interesting story. NASA launched the exploratory space probe, the Pioneer 10. The satellite's primary mission was to reach Jupiter, photograph it and its moons, and beam the data it collected about this giant planet back to Earth. Scientists regarded this as a bold plan because up until now, or up until that time, no satellites had ever gone beyond Mars, and they feared that the asteroid belt would destroy the satellite before it would ever get to Jupiter. But the Pioneer 10 accomplished its, vision, its mission and much, much more. Flying past Jupiter in November of 73, the space probe continued its incredible journey towards the edge of our solar system. At 1 billion miles from the sun, it passed Saturn. At 2 billion miles, it passed Uranus, then passed Neptune, at nearly 3 billion miles, and Pluto at nearly 4 billion miles. By 1997, 25 years after its launch, the Pioneer 10 was more than 6 billion miles from the sun. It kept going until January 23rd, 2003. And what's amazing is, is that this became known, according to Time Magazine, as the little satellite that could. You see, it would send signals from 8 billion miles away, and these signals were through a radio that was a tiny 8-watt transmitter that when you look at the power of that radio, it was the power of a bedroom nightlight, and each message took more than nine hours to reach the earth. The engineers designed the Pioneer 10 with a useful life of three years. But it kept going and going and going way beyond anyone would ever think. I share that story with you because we believe around here, according to the Word of God, that for everything in the natural, finish it if you know it, there is a supernatural correlation. And here's these engineers, some of the most brilliant minds in the world. Um, I have a friend of mine, Chris Parker, that's here. There's a rocket scientist, so I know she's leaning. She's a rocket scientist. She's leaning into what I'm saying. But there's a lot of smart people. But, but as smart as these engineers, these rocket engineers were, their best plan, their best hope, was that it would make it to Jupiter and maybe last up to three years and it didn't just make it to Jupiter, one billion miles. It made it to the outer edge of our solar system, almost 12 billion miles when it was all said and done. And the, it lasted 31 years. What's the natural, supernatural correlation? 
There's an old church song that says it this way. But baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Y'all hadn't seen nothing yet. Come on, you haven't seen anything yet compared to what God wants to do in your life. And I'm telling you, our expectations, all of us have these expectations. And I talk about this in a lot of different contexts. But I want to simply say this. One of the ways that our expectations are set is based on past data that we all have. So we go into the future with unrealistic expectations. We go into the future with unmet expectations. And oftentimes we go into the future with a very limited view because of our limited beliefs based on the past data that's happened in our life. Somebody left us, so we think for the rest of our life, somebody will leave us. Somebody rejected us in the past, so we think for the rest of our life, I'll be rejected. Somebody mistreated us, somebody abused us. So we go through the rest of our life thinking that that's the way life is gonna be. We fail at business, we try and we try again. We dream dreams that are dashed against the rocks of reality. And again, you've heard me many times teach that many times and oftentimes our expectations are not just based on past data in our life that we've logged that's better than any computer that man could ever build that literally become a part of our DNA. Our failures, our attitude, our emotional constitution, whether we're negative or positive, all those things are affected by the way that we log and process the data or the information that all of us have in our life. And there's things about you. If I, if I said, hey, tell me about your mother. Hey, tell me about your father. Hey, tell me about your family. Hey, tell me about the worst thing in your life. Hey, tell me about a crucible point in your life. Tell me about that time where you came close to death. If you haven't had one of those, you will. You see, the truth of us, all of us log info, but it's not what's happened to us. It's based on what we do with that info. And that's the power that God gives you. You can't control everything that happens to you, but you can control how what happens to you happens in you and therefore what happens through you. So again, expectation. Luke, the fifth chapter so it was as the multitudes pressed about him, talking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, they were washing their nets. Then he, Jesus, got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And he asked him, he said, hey, put out a little from the land. And then he sat down in the boat and began to teach the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he then said to Simon, so there's a multitude of people, so many in fact that Jesus had to get in a boat. But then all of a sudden he stops and he turns to Simon and he talks to Simon. You know, we've got hundreds of people in McKinney. We've got several thousand here today. And you know, you can be in a room like this and you can think, man, there's a lot of people here and a lot of different data, a lot of different experiences. Can I just tell you something? God wants to talk just to you today. I said, God wants to talk to you just today. And Jesus stopped and in the midst of the crowds, he looked at Simon and he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night. We've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. 
And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled some of their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, and he said, Depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. I'm speaking over your life that in 2018, you are going to be astonished. I said, you're going to be astonished. Some of you have already been astonished, but you're about to get astonished at what God is going to do. Come on, would you say amen? Would you, would you join your faith with mine? How many of you are ready for God to astonish you? Come on. They were astonished. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon, all of them. And Jesus said to Simon, this is interesting to me, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. For now you will catch men. But when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. So let me talk to you for a minute, and then we're going to get to the notes. I just find this so interesting. I find this so interesting that... There's so many people that had pressed in to hear Jesus that Jesus said, hey, Simon, listen, I want you to let me use your let me use your boat and I want to just teach from your boat. So quick question here. What's your business? If I were to ask you, hey, what do you do? That's why most men, especially. Hi, I'm Keith. What do you do? That's our first question. What do you do? Because we size people up based on what they do. So so. What do you do? In fact, I'm going to ask you what you, I'm going to ask you that, and I want you to say it out loud. And if you don't do anything, just say nothing. But anyway, for everybody else, just answer. When I say, what do you do? Everybody answer what it is you do in your occupation. What do you do? So most of you are, are, have got something that you're doing, and here's the question. Can Jesus use your boat for his message? Because here's Peter. He had toiled all night trying to catch some fish. And by the way, how many did they catch? Nothing. And then Jesus said, I want to use your boat. Now he was tired. He'd been fishing all night. He's ready to go home. Jesus is now teaching. Like, is that like the last thing you want to hear is a little bit of teaching after you've been up all night? Now some of you are psychos like me and that would actually energize you. But for most people, it's like, man, I've been up all night. I am ready to hit the hay, man. I need to get me some rest. I've been, I've been fishing all night. I'm frustrated. Didn't catch one thing. Didn't catch anything. And now Jesus is saying he wants to use my boat to teach. How about using my boat to help me catch some fish, Messiah? So Simon, you know, I'm sure he wasn't the uh, just bastion of enthusiasm. Oh, sure, sure, Jesus. That's, yeah, that's. And he's teaching to the multitudes, and all of a sudden he stops and goes, Hey, Simon, launch out into the deep. May I just say, just so you know, I don't know if you ever tried to explain to God like your situation and why he needs to do what he needs to do. So you explain it to him and it would really help you out if he would like 
know what the situation is and like come and make your problem go away. I don't know if you know this, Jesus, but I, I was fishing all night. By the way, I'm a fisherman. You're not. And I'm not sure what it is you do for a living, but I work. And uh, we fished all night and we caught nothing. Just wanted you to know, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do what you say. Now, by the way, let's look at what Jesus said just one more time before I move on. What did Jesus say? I want you to launch out into the deep and I want you to let your nets, everybody say nets. Thank you. That means plural. I want you to let your nets down. And what does Peter do? They'll show you on the scripture. Go next. He, at your word, I will let my, no, you were, you were on it. At your word, I will let my. Jesus said nets. You know what happens to most of us? We got a net mentality and not a nets mentality. We got a job mentality and not a multiple streams mentality. We got a limited mentality based on what we think we can do and what we can be monetized to do. And God's saying, I got so much more for you. If you're supposed to be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, why do you think you just got to have one job? Why do you think you just got to have one source of income? You see, the reality is, and I'm sure everybody here knows because you're educated people. 67% of the people that come to this church have their college degree and almost 33% have their master's degree and 7% have their doctorates that come to our church. So y'all are smart folk. Now, if you didn't graduate from high school, welcome to Elevate Life Church. There's a chance to elevate your thinking. Come on, everybody. So you can elevate your life. But how many of you know it's not about your education or let me say it a different way, the right way. It's not about your education. It's about your faith and the action that you take on your faith. It's not about your belief. It's about how you live based on what you believe. That's what makes the difference. It's not about your experience. It's about the experienced person that you become based on your experiences. And how many of you know, just because you've got a little gray, doesn't make you knowing more than everybody else. What lessons have you learned from? What life lessons have you learned that everybody around you becomes the beneficiary of what you've gone through because you've grown through it? So it's so amazing to me. He says, let down your nets, and Peter let down his net. Why? Because even though Jesus said nets, he let down his net. Only got one net, Jesus I just told you to let down your nets, so you better go borrow some nets because I've got a whole lot more for you than you can even ask or think. I've got a whole lot more for you, but I'm so limited right now. I've just got this opportunity. i got this. No, listen, I'm an abundance God. If, if, if the little satellite that couldn't could, what can the son of God, the daughter of God could if they would? Come on, everybody. What does it mean to launch out into the deep? What is it that God is saying to us? A couple of things in your notes. First of all, press into Jesus so you can hear what he's saying. 
Isn't it amazing that the, that the Bible says, this is the Bible, this is the Word of God. The Word of God says they pressed, the crowd pressed into Jesus. Why? So they could hear what he was saying. The Bible says in James, which by the way, James was the brother of Jesus. It's good to read the book of James. If you're ever not able to fall asleep, just go to James. It's the New Testament Proverbs. And just start reading through there. You'll be encouraged, man, some great stuff. I won't go into all of it, but I love the book of James. And the book of James, in, in James, it talks about things like, like, hey, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you. He won't withhold it. He gives it liberally to all who ask. The Bible says in the, in the book of James, I mean, Jesus' own brother, like he's telling us how to live our life and how to understand that, watch this now, if we draw close to God, here's the secret, He'll draw close to us. Guess what I figured out about my marriage? If I'll draw close to Sheila, she'll draw close to me. If I separate myself from Sheila, I hate to tell you all this, but she don't chase me. <laughs> I wish she did. But if I decide I'm going to have me a little attitude, somehow, where'd Sheila go? Where, where's Sheila? If I decide I'm going to be a little pitiful or something, she doesn't walk up to me and go, Baby, what's wrong? What, what's, what's, what's going on, little man? Because that's how I'd be if I was acting that way. It seems a lot of guys, especially a lot of men, it's like they, 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 they're being a little boy. Your wife is not your mama. And, you, and you're being a little boy. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you, you want her to like feel sorry for you and stuff. I don't, maybe it works for you. God bless you. I bow. But I, it, that does not work for her. It doesn't work for her. So I got to like act like a grown up around her. How many of y'all men know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all aren't getting it. That's the problem. Like here's, here's what Jesus' brother said. Draw close to God. Finish it. And he will draw close to you. I've got to be the one that presses into Jesus. I've got to. I've got to get into his presence. Here's what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, without the spirit of God, and by the way, wasn't that beautiful when May Lee just kind of led us and just the spirit of God just flowed. We're going to allow more time for that. I'm just telling you, in our church, we're going to allow more time for the spirit of God to flow, and it's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. But without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without wind, branches without sap, coals without fire we are useless without the spirit of god and sometimes listen we feel empty because what's missing is the spirit of god listen now dot 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 that we haven't pressed into because here's what the bible says jesus when he taught the beatitudes he said blessed are those happy fortunate lucky are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Somebody put an amen on that. So how do you press into Jesus so you can hear what he's saying? Two things in your notes. Be still and know. Be sti you got to be still. You've got to be still and know. Sometimes you need to stop the noise in your relationship, and you need to listen. Sometimes you need to quit talking over each other and just listen. Sheila is great at that. I used to think it was passive-aggressive. But now I just know she is my peace. I was coming home from the, we were coming home this week from a trip and 
she just, like on an airplane, she just lays back. Do you know when I get on an airplane, I don't care. By the way, to my knowledge, I don't think we've ever bought a first-class ticket. And I deserve, I deserve. <laughs> At 58, I deserve. See how we think our expectations? At 6'6", I deserve. At being a million-mile flyer, I deserve. Anyway, being a child of God, I deserve. Come on, fly first class, but I'm still not going to pay for it. Anyway, so, so, so we're sitting there, and no matter where we are, on any plane, it doesn't matter if it's first class or whatever, I'm uncomfortable. How many of y'all people that fly a lot know what I'm talking about? It's not comfortable. There's not one comfortable thing about it. They could put massagers on there. They could do whatever. I'm, I'm never, I, I just, I like, out of the corner of my eye, here's Pastor Sheila. So I got my Insta story. She's sleeping. She is my peace. That's what she does for me. Like even when she sleeps, I go, whatever she's feeling right now, because you don't feel that very often, Keith Craft. You don't, you don't feel it very often. You got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of businesses happening. You're coaching 122 people. You got church around. Whatever she's feeling right now, bring it down, bring it down. <laughs> Last night, it's almost 12 o'clock at night. Buddy, I'm thinking, where is Pastor Precious? What's she doing at about 12 o'clock on Saturday night? I see a few lights on in the house. Turn on my Insta story. I go on the hunt. It's really interesting. You ought to watch him sometime. All of a sudden, I come around the corner in the laundry room. I go, there she is. She turns around. She's, got, she's full of books. She's, and there's a ladder. She's cleaning up our laundry room at 12 o'clock. I go, you're my Proverbs 31 woman. You're amazing. It's just so fun living with you, Pastor Precious. Just like having you on the front row. It gives me peace. It helps me. Sometimes y'all don't see her down here, but like when I'm preaching and I, ah! she's going. <laughs> and then if you see her and Josh doing it together, you know, bring it down, daddy. Bring it down, daddy. In the old days, especially up north, there were ice houses before there was refrigeration as we know it today. And so they would actually take, during the winter, they would, some of you are from the north, you know what I'm talking about. They would chop up, big, take big chunks of ice from lakes and that kind of thing. And they would store them in an ice house and they would put sawdust all over them. And they would actually last from the winter into the summer because those ice houses would stay cold. And so, so sawdust was everywhere. And so one day there was a man that was working. This is in a book called Directions by a man by the name of James Hamilton. And uh, he tells a story about uh, a man that had a very expensive watch and he lost his watch in the ice house. And so they were looking everywhere and they couldn't find it. Sawdust everywhere, almost as much sawdust as there was ice. And so there was a little child standing there and he said, can I, can I go look for it? And they kind of laughed and they said, sure. And he said, but I'll need all of you to leave. And by the way, shut the door on your way out. They kind of laughed and they shut the door. Five minutes later, they heard a knock. The little boy had to watch. They said, what did you do? He said, in the silence... I laid down in the sawdust 
And I listened and I heard and I found the watch. How many of you know the worst thing you can do in the morning is turn on the television and I don't care if you're watching CNN, Fox, fake news, real news, Republican news, Democrat news. I don't care what it is. When you got a bunch of noise in your head, every time you get in your car, you got noise. You're not pressing into Jesus. You can't know that he is God in those situations until you quiet yourself. So, but it's not just about be still and know. It's also about take action and go. It's not either or, it's both. And you got to know when to do both. Some of you may have heard the name uh, Bud Paxton. And if you haven't, you're about to be familiar with him because Bud Paxton was the founder of the Home Shopping Network. Long story short, the idea behind the Home Shopping Network was fascinating because it's a glimpse into not only the world of innovation and what's, 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 what's really possible with somebody that dreams, but Bud was operating a struggling AM radio station and one of their advertisers, a local appliance store, refused to pay its invoice in cash but rather gave Paxton 118 can openers for payment. Out of money and fearing not being able to make payroll, the next day Bud desperately was ruminating over what to do with the can openers. And as he drove away from the radio station, he had a thought. He turned around, he interrupted the DJ that was on the radio station, and he said, I have 118 electric can openers they're $30 each but today they're $10 and in the next hour he sold 118 can openers for $10 by the time 1982 rolled around they decided to start a network called the home shopping network it grossed $12 million in its first year. People were so critical. They said, this thing will never make money. People aren't going to watch TV and buy stuff. How many of y'all ever have? Okay. It's all right to raise your hand on that. Remember, this is before the internet. They started it in Florida. By the time 1985 rolled around, it had gone worldwide and was grossing $1 billion in three years. But while the Home Shopping Network was experiencing meteoric growth, trouble was brewing at home. By the time 1986 rolled around at the height of his, of his amazingness, Bud Paxton was traveling all over the world. He was gone 260 days a year. He was rolling. Financially, everything was exploding, and so was his marriage. And it was on Christmas Day, 1986, that Bud's wife broke the news that she was leaving him for another man. And I'm sure he said what every man says when a woman says, I'm leaving. What? What happened? What's wrong? He said, I was absolutely and completely bankrupt. I was a multimillionaire. And any success I had was worthless because I had lost my wife and I realized that day that I wasn't close to my kids and didn't even know them. His Christmas gift for the family had already been paid for. He had arranged a trip to Las Vegas. His adult children urged him to go despite what had happened between he and his wife. And so he and his kids headed to Las Wages. <laughs> On New Year's Eve, 
After all the festivities had ended, he remained unable to fall asleep. And at 4 a.m. in the morning, he reached over in his nightstand and he heard that there was Bibles there. And Bud Paxton, for the first time, picked up a Bible, a Gideon's Bible, and he began to read. And he was led to Romans 5.18. And that night, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. You see, in the stillness of the chaos, in the middle of the night when he couldn't sleep, he turned to Jesus. But he didn't just do that, he took action. And he began to live his life for Christ. God brought him a new wife, and his business began to change too. The Home Shopping Network flourished, and when he sold the company, his take was $118 million that he decided for the rest of his life he would help advance God's kingdom through his business. You see, when you press into Jesus, you begin to know because you press in, be still and know, and you begin to take action and go. I wrote this a few years ago. Don't let what is not happening keep you from doing what you know to do to make it happen. Be a rainmaker. One drop starts a puddle. You see, the enemy comes and he tries to discourage us and he tries to keep us down because too often times he takes the press out of us we don't press into God because of the pressure that's all around us is anybody getting anything from this so when Jesus is saying launch out into the deep what he's saying is Peter I want you to press into me the second thing is this if we're going to launch out into the deep we have to be willing to go forward beyond your nothing and embrace God's nevertheless. You remember what Peter said? Jesus said, launch out into the deep. Cast your nets down. He cast his net down, but before that he said, look, I've toiled all night and I've caught nothing. I've caught nothing. Nothing has happened. But nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. Do you realize the power of that word? Why don't you adopt that as one of your new words for 2018? Nevertheless. Everybody say it with me. Nevertheless. You see, we get on the nothing side of life. Nothing happens, so I stopped. Nothing happens, so I gave up. Nothing is going right, so I'm quitting. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And God is not a God of nothing. God is a God that says, I can, you can do all things through Christ, who is our strength. In other words, God is the one that says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Not your riches and glory, but here's what you've got to do. You've got to realize something. You've got to be willing to go forward and not let your nothing keep you from God's nevertheless. In your car, on your phone, why don't you write that word? One of my words in 2018, for me personally, is nevertheless. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, in my marriage, nevertheless, in my business, nevertheless, in my life. You know, I think about people who went through a lot of tough times. In fact, back, back to, to Bud Paxson's story. He said, you know, people think I'm a great entrepreneur. He said, but let me tell you the truth. I had 25 businesses that failed. How many businesses have you had failed before you quit? He said, then I did 15 more businesses after the 25 that failed. And he said, I made just enough in those 15 businesses to recover some of the losses of my other 25%. He said, then finally, I hit it big. 
You see, too often times, nothing is happening and we stop. So think about these stories. The Bible talks about in the, the book of Mark, there's a, a man who was paralyzed. He had no hope, but he had the right friends. He had nothing, but he had the right friends. You see, when you have nothing, if you're aligned right, when the right people get in the right place at the right time, the right things happen. And they heard about Jesus, but they couldn't get close to Jesus. And so these four friends took their friend that could do nothing, but because he was aligned right, they took him to the top of the roof and they pulled the roof tiles away. Now is when it gets crazy. Everybody had gotten there early. Everybody had pressed in to hear Jesus. And now there's these guys that showed up late and they removed the tiles. It's falling on people and they're lowering this guy right down in front of Jesus. Can you imagine? I mean, just think about humanity for a second. What are y'all doing? Hey, you should have gotten here earlier. What's going on? But here's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus knew that this man was sick and his heart went out to him because he was sick. See, sometimes that's what sick people think. Well, surely... God knows I'm sick, and surely he'll heal me because he knows I'm sick. But listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you. He didn't see, Jesus' heart was not moved because he was sick. Watch this. Jesus' heart was not moved because he prayed. Jesus' heart was moved, the Bible says, because of his friend's faith. Can I just pause here for a moment and ask you a question? What kind of friends do you have? Because if you're aligned right... You've got nevertheless people around you that even when you got nothing, you got the right kind of friends. There was another lady. She pressed through Mark 5. She pressed through the crowd, and here's what she said. She said, if I can touch, come on, help me, preach with me. If I can touch the hem of his garment, what'd she say? I will be made whole. Do you know that Jesus didn't say that? Jesus wasn't walking around teaching this. Hey, guys, if you ever see me in a crowd, just press in, touch my garment, and you're going to be the one that gets healed. No, here's what she said to herself. What are you saying to yourself? Are you saying, are you on the nothing side? Oh, this doesn't work out. I said, I failed again. This messed up. These people, if you keep hearing the same thing come out of your mouth, they did, they said, they're against me. You got to know something. It ain't about them. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be my own. She touches him. She presses to the crowd. Hey, what was her nothing? For 14 years, she had an issue of blood, a flow of blood that could not be healed. The Bible says, what was her nothing? She had no more money left. She was out of hope. She was out of, of promise. She was out of everything. She was on the nothing side of life. Except, watch this, what I said a minute ago. It's not your education. It's not that you're a Christian. It's that you're a person that presses into Jesus that doesn't get focused on your nothing, but you get focused on his nevertheless, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. And you press based on what you believe. Watch this. Jesus turns around and said, who touched me? What does his disciples say? What are you talking about, Jesus? Everybody's pressing against you. He said, no, somebody touched me. Watch this with their faith. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at her and he said, your faith has made you whole. Can I just challenge you today? What in your life has happened that's produced nothing that the enemy's trying to use to hold your nevertheless back? 
Because I'm telling you, from this day forward, in the name of Jesus, come on, nevertheless. Would you receive that? Everybody say it with me. Say, nevertheless. Josh, I'm going to ask you to join me up here. Here's the last thing I want to tell you, and that is, what does it mean to launch out in the deep? Yes, to press into Jesus. Everybody say this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm pressing in. In 2018, I'm pressing in. Here's the second thing. Be willing to go forward beyond your nothing into God's nevertheless. And then here's the last thing. Make your life, what does it mean to launch out to the deep? Make your life about what is important to God and God will bring every resource that you need. Peter, let me use your boat to teach. Well, it's really a fishing boat, Jesus. It's really not a teaching boat. Well, I don't really talk about God and my business. It's kind of a separate thing. Let me use your boat to teach. Okay, all right, yeah, please, come on. Hey, by the way, I'm gonna stop. You guys just stop. I need you to launch out in the deep and cast down your nets. Well, see, this is, what, what is God trying to show us? He's trying to show us our humanity. Well, here's what you need to know. I need to explain this. I fished all night, toiled all night. I've caught nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. So. He casts his net down. It's so heavy, he has to get his friends. Let me tell you something. The blessing that God is bringing into your life is not just for your business. It's not just for your boat, but it's for the kingdom of God. He had to get his friends to help him, and it filled up two boats, and now they had a new problem. What does the Bible say? Sean, his new boat was sinking. God, you've blessed me so much. Watch this that the way that I formerly thought about my business is sinking. The way I've normally thought about my life is sinking. And you know what? I'm okay with the blessing of God sinking my nothing, sinking what I'm toiling in. I'm going to press into God. And here's what I'm going to believe, that God's going to bring the resource that I need. Why are we going to McKinney? Josh is young. I could have waited a few years and said, Josh, you know what? You're going to be the pastor of the church, and, and I'm going to still always be here. And, but y'all need to launch it. You know, you know why? Because I'm young. You know why? Because I'm young. Buddy, you're freaking young. You turned 60 last week. Was it last week? But you are young. Mark Dean, you are young. Dave Long, you're going to live long and prosperous. Anyway, here's my point. These are my old friends on the front row. Steve went gray way before I did. I told him about the stuff, but he didn't use it. But here's the thing. Why would we do this? Our first launch party was three weeks ago. McKinney, we love you guys. Our first launch party was three weeks ago. We've been thinking about you for a long time, though. We've been praying for you. In fact, I was sitting in one of our staff's office one day, and Josh was there, and, and one of our executive pastors was there, and I said, I know the mayor of McKinney. I think we're supposed to go to McKinney, because I thought it was going to be Salina first. And then I met with the mayor. They welcomed us into the city. The schools opened up, and here we are just a few months later, launching a campus in McKinney. And watch this. 
when I started to announce it, there were two guys, I still haven't met one of them. There were two guys, and we've been going 18 years. There were two guys that stepped up to the plate that had never stepped up big before. One guy gave 50,000 and another guy gave 100,000. Now, let me, let me make my last point with you again. That when you make important to God what's important to him, he'll bring the resource that you need, Peter, that what caused you to toil all night and get nothing, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. All right? How many of you believe that? Come on, how many of you believe that? In other words, when you get God's agenda on your mind, and that's what we're doing. The, the, the little, little piece of technology that we're able to talk back and forth to each other in today's world, what technology costs, just for us to establish that campus in a building we don't even own that we rent is $276,000 just to launch it. So we can, somebody says, man, that's a lot of money. Not for God. That's a lot of fish, but not for God. That's the bottom line. Because we're supposed to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and to make disciples. God has called us to do that. So we're not through yet. We still need more giving. We still need, we still need to advance God's cause. We're halfway there, but we need to get all the way there. So again, forward the dream weekend. That's part of what this weekend is all about. But I just want to tell you two last things, and then Josh is going to come. First of all, the first launch party that we had, this beautiful, wonderful couple came up to me, and I just want you to hear it in their own words. This is the first launch party three weeks before today. They're sitting in that crowd today. Meet our first members of the McKinney campus. Watch this. I want you to say what, what you just said. So they've been watching this online, so introduce yourself. All right. um, I'm Kathy. She drove up and in the parking lot, just tears came into her eyes. I was eyes. crying in the parking lot. I was so excited. I told Pastor Mike, I was trying to hold it. Oh, Pastor Keith, I'm sorry. Yeah, he used sure, to go to Covenant. Sure. I was trying to hold it together in the parking lot, but I, I went ahead and brought tissues just in case. So, so we're, we're so, so excited. excited. Here's what we believe, that there's people that have been waiting for us to come to McKinney, and we're coming to McKinney. We're in McKinney. Elevate Life Church is in McKinney. Let's go. We're so excited. Come on, somebody say launch. Everybody, come on, say launch. Now here's the last thing I'm going to tell you, and then Josh is going to come. Um, it was 1992. I was 32 years old, eight years before we started this church. I didn't, I didn't have a dream in my heart to start a church. I'm sitting in this group of ministers in Duncanville, Texas, with a group of uh, minister organization that I was not a part of. I was just a friend of a guy, and he said, hey, I want you to come along with me. He said, there's going to be a guy named Dick Mills there. Have you ever heard of him? I go, yeah. Dick Mills is a prophet. Some of you older people will know. Dave, Dave and Millie are shaking their heads because they're old like me. They know who Dick Mills is. And so, so, so I'm sitting there and here's what happened, Dave, in that, in that meeting. Now I'm, I'm the guest and there's several hundred people there. So Dick Mills, he walks out and he goes, uh, uh, you. And he turns, he starts to walk away. He turns around and he's crying. He goes, he goes, you, I, I don't, I don't know you, but this is a word from God for you. He talked like that, didn't he? Word from God for you. He turns around. He says, God's going to tell you to do some crazy things in the future. So I'm thinking, I'm pretty crazy like right now. Like I'm God's going to tell you to do some crazy things in the future. And here's the word for you. 
whatever he tells you to do, he's going to give you the resources for. Now, let me tell you in my little bitty mind what I was thinking. Oh, God's going to bless my family. Isn't that where we are? Oh, God bless my family and bless my work, bless what I'm doing. And God's thinking, it's a lot bigger than just your four. It's a lot bigger than this job that's keeping you awake. If you'll use your boat for me, I'll fill your freaking boat. If you'll now become fishers of men. In other words, Peter, what I want you to get, Keith, what I want you to get is if you'll make everything you do about advancing my kingdom, no longer will you just be an insurance guy. No longer will you be a banker. No longer will you be this when I ask you what you do a while ago. No longer will you be just that. But watch this. Don't be afraid about that anymore. If you'll just put your focus on people and being a fisher of men and make my kingdom the first thing, I'm gonna take care of all this other stuff and it's going to astonish you. So I have a question for you. How many of you are ready to be astonished in 2018? Can we get God's agenda first and foremost in our life? Because that's what we're believing for right now in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.